Welcome to Talk About. On Talk About, our goal is to sit down with open-minded people for open and honest discussion. No judgment, no hidden agenda, just getting the conversation started. This week we sit down with owner and visionary of Dudley Grounds Coffee, Brad Maven. Listen in as we discuss how this idea came to fruition, some of the inner workings of the coffee shop, and what the future holds for a truly unique coffee experience like no other. Sit back and enjoy the show. Do you have a drink handy there? I do. Let's do a virtual cheers to get started. <laughs> For those listeners at home, they can't see that we have just virtually cheers our own personal Deadly Grounds coffee mugs. That's all right. Oh, we, we've got some coffee in this. Uh, oh, when, okay. when we were there on the weekend, we purchased uh, Never Sleep Again. Mm. Absolutely one of my favorite uh, brands that you guys have on tap, which... You guys, I, I don't even know at this point in time. So like just to set the stage and, and we're going to get into all of this, but just to set the stage for people listening, uh, I'm sitting with the caffeinated horror dude himself, uh, owner and operator of Deadly Grounds Coffee Canada. Yes, that's correct. Perfect. Perfect. Now, in my digging a little bit here, Brad, uh, your your career obviously spans a lot more than just this coffee business, but this is where we met. And this is where the conversation is going to start because I think it's as good a place as any. Um, now, I, I've learned uh, a little bit about this this operation and how it kind of came to be. But instead of me just reading what's off your webpage or you know anything like that, I want to hear right from your lips. How did sure. we end up here today with this horror-themed coffee shop that I ended up just stumbling across like four years ago, which is outstanding. Any horror fan out there has to go to this i'm still finding as of yesterday my cousin who's a big horror fan and just moving to whippy said are you familiar with this place like nope as soon as you land get your keys man we're going right. up there and grab some coffee so so how did we get blessed in durham of all places with this amazing coffee shop that has uh, blossomed from a little operation to even better man you you blew my mind when you said you haven't been here for a couple of years it's changed and we're, we're going to get into some of those changes so please yeah. tell me a little bit about this backstory man well it was funny um i mean my background has always been in food and beverage so i've always had or in the hotel industry i should say mostly in food and beverage in the hotel industry and uh i'm always an entrepreneur as well so i've always always had these kind of like side things going on or or different projects that i had been working on over the years and uh around the time when i discovered deadly grounds for myself uh my friend chris trubella who uh, is also a part of our our uh, growing Deadly Grounds family here. He owns the Superzuka Auditorium at the, at the cafe, that store you might have seen in the back, which is one of the changes that would have been uh, implemented since you were here last. Um, him and I, well, he, he was publishing a magazine at the time called Hauntopolis, and it covered the haunted attraction industry. And I was basically his sales manager uh, for that business. So him and I would go to conventions, trade fairs, uh, in the uh, like whether it be horror cons or you know trade shows, uh, other uh, haunted attraction industry shows and stuff like that to cover them. Um, and basically, it was like a, a horror themed magazine. <coughs> Excuse me, but it was a uh, you know a different take on the on the horror industry. It wasn't straight up like a Fangoria or Rumor, which it just covered kind of like movies and media. It covered haunted attractions. It covered the paranormal. Uh, it was a super cool magazine, 
And him and I uh, and a couple of our other friends were in Syracuse for uh, an annual guys trip, but we also made it a business trip. And there's a show there called Scaricon that uh, we just love. And it's one of my favorite horror conventions. Uh, I'm not sure what's happening this year, you know, with, with COVID and stuff, but uh, before COVID, it was a go-to, a must every year. And uh, we were at this one and it was 2014 and we're doing the aisles and I discover deadly grounds. And I'm like, what the hell is this? It's like my two favorite things in the entire world. And I go up and I, and, and I just remember looking at that display and there was a, uh, a full-size coffin sitting out there like uh you know one fancy one that you'd see in like a morgue or uh you know funeral home here and it was filled with coffee and i went up and i introduced myself to the owner tom and i'm like hey this is this is amazing dude and uh, him and i started chatting and uh i mean before that weekend was over he was an advertiser in the magazine and i'm like i need to bring this coffee to canada like that's my goal and it was like, uh, you know, what is that going to take to make that happen, right? And, of course, you know, we get back to everyday life. And I brought back a bunch of that coffee with me to Canada. And um, I, it was during this, the, the big ice storm we had that year. And I remember we were all stuck at home, and, and, you know, for days. And I just had it in my head. I'm like, I'm going to start this. I'm going to get it going now. And I literally sat there, and I created a website. And I flashed it over to him. I'm like, Tom, what do you think of this? And he's like, oh, you're serious. Hey, I'm like, oh, I'm serious. And he's like, went from there. And we, and then at the time, uh, you know, my, my ex-wife and I, we started Deadly Grounds Coffee Canada. And we literally started in our house and uh, packaged in our basement and distributed from there. We did everything from there. That following summer, Tom came up and did Niagara Falls Comic Con. And that was kind of our first convention in Canada where we where we unveiled the, the Deadly Grounds product to the world or to Canada. And uh, it flourished from there. And then next thing you know, we're doing Fan Expo and that's where the brand really took off. And we're getting in front of a lot of people's eyes and then it just started growing. And then it basically within the next two years, we had decided that, you know, our basement was just covered in coffee beans. We needed to expand. And at the time, good friends of ours, uh, Ray and Nick, owned in, here in Curtis, they owned um, an escape room called Panic Factory. And we'd always wanted to do a brick and mortar. Like the brick and mortar was always in the works. And all of a sudden, uh, the spot right next to them came available. And we thought, wow, what a, what a great opportunity to kind of piggyback off each other. with Because, you know, there was kind of like uh, it fit with their theme, you know, like they were doing some cool stuff over there and horror and escape rooms and stuff like that. And we thought, well, how cool would it be for you guys if there was a, a horror themed cafe next door? And maybe we'll even get licensed. Maybe we'll look at all these different ideas for it, right? Be open at night, do movies, have like a, uh, you know, an access way to go into your place and stuff like that. And not all those things were realized, but we did open because they were right next door and they were a big part in demoing this place and getting it prepared uh, and looking the way that you see it now. Uh, I mean, when we when we got in here, this was a, a jujitsu place and it was literally in the front. It was all offices. There was like five offices. Then there was a big dojo in the back and it was just it was not a cafe. So this place required a lot of work. And I mean, from there, we just keep going and keep going and changing and making it, I think, cooler and cooler all the time. Uh, but it's a lot of work. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, just recently found out that we won, you know, best coffee in Durham region for the fourth year in a row. Um, you know, so we congratulations. Did, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to, you know, the, 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 just 
kind of working it, you know, and uh, coming up with fresh ideas all the time, new drinks, new, new roasts of coffee, new flavors of coffee. Uh, you know, we're getting into the point now where we're going to start being open at night again, which was something that we haven't in a long time uh, to start doing some of our evening events again. So we're super excited to get back to that as well. We used to do things like zombie bingo and horror trivia nights and people just love it. So like we're, we're kind of anxious to get back at that, you know? It's it's outstanding work, and and even the short period of time that I knew uh, of the location and to now, it's grown leaps and bounds. The the thing that I find interesting, so this is not necessarily a franchise, right? Like this isn't something that people are calling up Tom and saying, Tom, we want to give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Like let's get this brand. You actually took it upon yourself to take those initial steps. Yeah, absolutely, and and. And, and Tom was not really looking to do that necessarily. Um, you know, he had a small contingent of like online orders that would come from Canada. But, you know, we also had two different kind of approaches to how to, to do our businesses. So right now we still share the name or, well, he's, he's Deadly Grounds uh, LLC and we're Deadly Grounds Coffee Canada or we're now a corporation. But, you know, so we really, other than sharing the name, we kind of operate very differently. My approach has always been having the brick and mortar, possibly having more brick and mortar, online sales being a big portion of that, uh, and business to business being a big portion of that. Where Tom's focus has been more on local conventions. He does a lot of conventions, way more than what we do here. So that's been their bread and butter on what they do. But they also have a, a fairly great uh, e-commerce side as well. So people can, uh, and if you're in the States, you can order directly from him and you'll get a lot of similar roasts and flavors to what we have, but we uh, kind of just do our own thing. It's kind of like if you were, uh, you know, Maxwell House in the States and Maxwell House in Canada, you get two different, uh, you know, products, right? So, yeah. So, we, you know, we, we still work together and we, we sometimes collaborate. Uh, like our latest commercial that's playing uh, is, is one that he created. Uh, you know, we just have the .ca instead of the .com. Uh, on the uh on the outro so yeah it's uh it's worked out well for both of us and and you know just getting the name out there more like i do some stuff with uh room org we have a, a great promotion coming up with room org for the halloween edition this year and we have a brand new coffee coming out with them uh which actually we haven't said to anyone yet so this is the first time we've mentioned it publicly Very cool. uh, and uh, yeah we've really garnered some of those cool relationships in the in the horror uh, media industry so awesome. And and people uh, that are listening can probably hear a little bit of a ringing of the doorbell and maybe some chatter in the background. Like Brad, Brad is at the location right now. So when you're talking that it takes work, <laughs> you're there. Yeah, we have a store oh, back here, yeah. coffee walls here. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of hiding over in the corner right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I want to get into all of the things because, uh, like I said, when I was in there last time, it was a couple of years ago before COVID. And I had uh, brought my girlfriend uh, at the time, now fiance, into the location. She ended up bringing a friend there a few weeks later, and they were kind of blown away by it. And then, of course, you know, COVID did what it did. And uh, yeah. I think we've all been affected in different ways. But you guys have come back bigger and better than ever, in my opinion, Brad. Like, I walked in there. I was like, you know what? It, it was a busy. Everyone's busy. It's summertime. Everyone's trying to jam everything in. And I said to to my fiance, I said, Kat, let's let's go up to Deadly Grounds. I, I want to get a mug for sure. Because I knew mm -hmm. that these mugs is, existed. And, you know, I'm going to take a look around and see if they've got anything else there. Jesus Christ. We were there for a, probably about an hour and a half. We bought our coffees. And like, as soon as we walked in, first of all, I was like, what the hell is that in the corner? And we bought our <laughs> coffees. I'm like, let's get our coffees. So we literally did it, grabbed our coffees and walked around for an hour and a half. And yeah, right. I, I couldn't believe 
what you guys were doing there. Now, I want to start with the coffees first. Like, let's stay on the coffee train. One of the things that I've always been intrigued by is the the flavors that you guys come up with and the names that you guys come up with. Like, how does that work? Is this all you? I know that you're a really creative guy um, and you're constantly expanding your even, even your own creativity. So w- walk me through that process. How does this, how do we get things like Never Sleep Again with <laughs> the logo and all of its own um you know the flavor process usually starts with uh, a nugget of an idea or like you know what can be uh, as you can probably see from our, our flavor list we don't just go for your typical flavors that you see at every store yeah we have some of those we have your your french vanillas and your chocolates but we have chocolate coconut and we have uh jamaican rum and we have um you know blueberries and cream which is such a you know sounds like a weird combination for coffee but it's absolutely amazing so for us it's about coming up with something that you just can't get everywhere right the never sleep again thing was actually funny that was one that we we never had in our lineup and one of the first years that we were operating a friend of mine and i we were doing uh doing together a uh, convention in mississauga and this is after doing a few other small shows and people would come up to the booth and they would say, "Oh, it's that Death Wish coffee." I'm like, "No, no, we're, we're not. We're not Death Wish." <laughs> now, Death Wish, you know, they were, they were. I don't want to use the word lucky because I don't. I mean, luck does play a part, I think, in business. But they were fortunate that they won a Super Bowl ad, and that's what really propelled them to the next level. When uh, when they started off, Deadly Grounds and and, and Death Wish started off at around the same time in the states, and actually not too far away from each other. But Tom's in Connecticut, and I can't remember where Death Wish is. But they, 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 you know, knew of each other. They were all kind of on that same level field, and then Super Bowl ad happened, and woof, you know, like you would, right? Of course. Um, so of course, the name recognition was out there for Death Wish, but not for Deadly Grounds in certain areas. So here we kept getting that. So I'm like, you know what? The thing that Death Wish is known for is highly caffeinated coffee. And that's that's their hook, right? Our hook was horror and the cool labels and stuff like that, uh, which is a big selling point of our coffee. People buy for the labels and they're like, and they want to collect the the, the packaging. Um, but I said to my roaster, I said, "Hey, you know, can we come up with something that's kind of an everyday drinking coffee, but has more caffeine, so that we can kind of say, no, we're not that death coffee. We're our own." deadly coffee you know and that's where never sleep again came from was this idea of when people come up and they bring up the idea of death wish we can say well we're not death wish we're not as caffeinated as death wish but we have this one here never sleep again which is higher caffeinated for medium roast than you're getting from like your everyday medium roast coffee this will do the trick and that sells people right so that was where that came from uh flavors and the names for the flavors actually often come from uh, a night of a few glasses of rum and chatting with friends and, and just, you know, messing around with funky names, uh, to be quite honest with you. And then, of course, others come from uh, the partnerships that we formed. Like, you know, when we did our Degrassi Junior Dye Coffee, um, you know, which is our French vanilla with, uh, with Pat Mastriani, Joey, Jeremiah, it was, I mean, Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi Junior Dye. It just made sense. <laughs> Close. Right? Uh, so yes, yeah, so that's where that came from. And then others, you know, we did with our partnership with, uh, Larry's House of Frightenstein, it's kind of come up with cool names related to some of the characters. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. Half the fun is figuring out what flavors are we going to do next? What can we do that people haven't seen? And then we kind of name them after that. And one of the things that we're finding though, is we were actually having this conversation today because we're launching a few new flavors for the fall. 
was, um, okay, this can't have the word scream in it anymore. We have too many that have the word scream in it. So we're now we're just, we, we kind of get stuck here, right? And they're like, okay, well, we have blueberries and scream. We have, uh, you know, coconut scream pie. Like, okay, well, we need to figure something else out for this. <laughs> I can see like creatively how that, that could work. I mean, there are only so many adjectives that you can play around with that, uh, mm -hmm. that work with coffee, right? The, yeah. the labels themselves, uh, because I'm, you know, a lot of people haven't been there just yet, but I'm hoping to hell that everybody comes in because this place is amazing. So you guys are flirting with the actual horror, you know, inspirations, you know, Never Sleep Again has, you know, Freddy's like uh, what looks like Freddy's sweater in the background, but it's actually like a yeah. tear. But, you know, you know, this kind of stuff. Yeah, little nuances. But yeah, little nuances like that. Like, how do you how do you skate that line? Because I'm I'm sure as a business person, you know, copyright and stuff like that always mm -hmm. comes up. Like, does that ever become an issue for you guys when it comes to this? Uh, not so much, especially like at the cafe level. You know, naming drinks. Drinks are um, kind of a separate entity altogether. You're preparing something in store as a drink. You you're not packaging it now. With the coffee, it does become a little dicier. Hence, with the never sleep again. The term never sleep again is not, it was fine to use. Um, but, you know, we couldn't put a, a picture of Freddy Krueger on the front or his actual sweater. So we find other ways to be, uh, you know, it's kind of, to kind of skirt that IP a little bit and be like, okay, you know what we're getting at here, but it's not blatantly. This is, you didn't see this in the movie. This was not in the movie, right? So it's, it's a fine line for sure. Um, you know, you, you never know. You could get a, a cease and desist for something. Um, but you know, we haven't yet. Um, most of our other products, um, really don't interfere with IP or infringement at all. It's, you know, takes on, uh, like our death by chocolate, you know, people say, Oh, it looks like Tarman. Yeah, it looks like it is, but it's a, it's a chocolatey, uh, oozy guy on the, on the package, you know? And then actually some of our packages actually have myself on them as kind of Easter eggs, uh, Ariel's in one. Uh, my ex-wife Katie's in one of the, the labels. So, like, you know, we, we have ourselves in there as well as the characters, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's again, something you always have to be aware of. Uh, we have actually talked to some uh, people about about actually doing licensed coffee. Like I so said, we have the license to Larry's House of Frightenstein, you know, so we have a, an arrangement for that to be able to do that. Um, we've had some conversations with other, you know, known uh, IP. Um, but it's, 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 it's tricky because... What I find is there are companies out there that are doing horror coffee uh, with the branding and with the licensing. And, uh, you know, I hear stories about how it's just you're paying 40% out now to have the likenesses. And now you're charging an arm and a leg for the actual coffee that, uh, you know, yeah, it's cool. But actually, how much are you making? How much are you able to, how long are you able to continue with this, right? Whereas I would rather just kind of stay in the vein of, of horror and Halloween and make it cool year round without necessarily having to always rely on, okay, Jason's on the package of this one. Because I think that has a certain appeal, but I don't think on an ongoing basis. Like I'll give you a great example. There was, there was another company, I used to work with a distributor and the distributor was great for getting us into a bunch of stores across Canada. And it was actually our, our kind of launch into like about 140 stores across Canada. And it was great. Most of them were small gift shops that would order a case every three or four months so it wasn't like big money by any means but it was getting the brand out and getting the name out which was the whole point our our distributor at the time had another brand of coffee on their roster or on their SKU list called wake the f up coffee 
Now, this stuff was a terrible coffee. I, don't, I, don't, I have no problem saying that. It was, I remember being at uh, the Toronto gift show with these guys, like with our distributor. And uh, somebody would come up to the booth and we had a really cool display. They actually brought a monster in and stuff. It was, you know, really, really neat. And they, everyone talked about our, our booth. Um, and I remember somebody came up and they had a bag of hazelnut wake the F up coffee and they had our hazelnut. And they're like, well, tell me what, what it was. Should I get yours instead of this one? This one's kind of got a cool, funny thing on it. You know, like somebody gets out like, oh, God, that's how I feel in the morning. Right. I'm like, yeah, I get that. And I like, you know, I take the bag and I like sniff this one. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And I'm like, sniff mine. He's like, oh, my God, is that what hazelnut should smell like? I'm like, yeah, exactly. This smells terrible. It smells stale. It's just but they're, what they're banking on is that you're buying it because it says, wait, the F up on it, right? So you put that in a gift shop. Someone comes in. They're buying it for somebody's birthday, somebody's Christmas gift, and they put it in a stocking, and it's a one-time purchase. Our philosophy is you have a great product, you have great marketing, but if your product's not backing up the marketing, I don't want people to buy our product once. I want them to go to a gift shop and buy Death by Chocolate, and then all of a sudden they're going back next week for Toxic Toffee because, my God, that last one was amazing. I need to get it again. And we've had gift shop owners that have said, I never thought we would be a coffee place. You know, I didn't, that wasn't the plan. The plan was it was a gift, but now people are coming back every week for this coffee that coffee or now they have their favorite beans they're back every week for this one so that was the plan right that was always the idea um you know we were just fortunate enough to kind of tap into a, a, a genre out a niche and uh, that we could back up the product so and our fl- our approach has always been too to make coffee simple right there's a lot of coffee companies and, and i can i can talk the talk um there's a lot of coffee companies out that are out there and they'll talk about their colombian pea berries and their this and their single origins and that's all great for, for our very small niche group of people that are into that coffee world but the average consumer of coffee wants a damn good cup of coffee every day right they don't know where it's from they don't care where it's from they don't you know, that's not their approach to coffee. So that's who we were catering to. And that's what we've always catered to is our coffee. If you want to sit here with me and talk about the origins and where they're from and if they're fair trade, if they're organic, I will. I can talk your off about that stuff, too. But, you know, I have the thousands of people that come here each month. How many people ask about that stuff? Probably under 10, you know, because that's not the approach. They just know that they're getting a cup of coffee. It's roasted weekly. And that's all that really matters to them. And that's really what our approach has been and what our MO has been. Well, I like the fact that you're a coffee fan first and, and a horror fan as well, because one of the things that, and I, I'd be blatantly honest with you, when I first heard of your location, I was like, okay, I'll go check it out. I'm sure it's just going to be a kitschy coffee. I, I am a bit of a coffee snob. I don't know all the ins and outs of every little thing, but I do know what I like and I do know what is good. And I tasted those coffees that you were just talking about, the ones that are garbage. And as soon as I walked into your location, first of all, you know, I was giddy like a schoolgirl because I, I'm surrounded by the thing that I love, two things that I love the most, just like yourself. And oh. But then I was like, okay, well, let's just give this coffee a shot. Now, at the time, I was actually studying for psychology. That became my go-to place for, uh, I think it was three months. Three months I was at your location, at least once a week, just drinking endless amounts of coffee. And I have to say, like, I tried a good chunk of your coffees and they're good. You know, they may not be everybody's favorite. Like maybe people don't like hazelnut or maybe people don't like maple, but it's good coffee. And that's what I say to people. Like you may not like the flavors, but you're going to find something in there that you like. And my fiance is that way. She's not a real flavor coffee person. But when we, we had the never sleep again, 
and she was walking around with it. She's like, we got to get a bag of this. Um, we have a cupboard just full of coffee, which I'm going to end up posting online because now that beautiful bag is in there yeah. with, with my Cinnabites um, co- chocolate covered coffee beans, which I haven't had yet. But uh, but yeah, I think that that's really important, right? I mean, it's okay to have this amazing location with a lot of you know glitz and glamour and showmanship that you've put forward as a good business person and entertainer that you are. But you have to back it up with a product, right? Hundred yeah. percent. You know, when we started Deadly Grounds here in Canada, anyway, God, I want to say we probably had five roasting flavors. Like we started off bare bones. You know, we had uh, we had Death by Chocolate, and I wanted to do maple. Tom wasn't doing maple in the states, so I thought, well, what's more Canadian than maple? So we had to have a maple coffee, right? So I had Death by Chocolate maple, and I think we had like uh, Toxic Toffee, which is the caramel biscotti, and then we had. Uh, our haunted house, which was a Colombian medium roast, and we had our espresso uh, at the time, which was our only espresso, which was Halsferia dark roast, a dark espresso, and we had a dark roast bean. So we literally we had, you know, a, a, a medium espresso and a dark roast, and three flavors. So we had like six roasting flavors at the beginning. And my approach with our roaster, when we found who we wanted to roast our coffees for us, and they basically take my ideas and they and they make them the way we want them. Um, I said, you know, with the medium roast, I made it super simple people talk about what they like and people say well you know i can't believe we talk about like tim hortons or mcdonald's or stuff like reality is mcdonald's sells a hell of a lot of coffee okay so when i wanted a medium roast i'm like i want our medium roast to be familiar so i want you to make it in a in a way of like a, a mcdonald's style medium medium dark roast coffee so when people come in and say well tell me a little bit about your beans i'm not ashamed to say this one here kind of tastes like your mcdonald's coffee if you're into that our, our deadly grounds, our, our sorry, our dark and deadly. Our dark and deadly is really so much like Pike Place from from Starbucks. These were the directives that I gave our roaster to be like, hey, I want them to be familiar to people, but unique in the same sense, you know. And that was the approach, and that's what got them hooked. Because hey, I could get this from Starbucks, but I can get it this and know that it was roasted last week from Deadly Grounds. You know, so and then we just grew it from there. Now we have 30 plus roasting flavors. Um, you know, I think we have eight or nine non flavored and then the rest are all flavored. Um, so, yeah, we literally have something for everyone and, and always adding more. It's a brilliant approach because you're not just saying the things that, you know, people want to hear. They want familiarity. You know, people, you know, as well as I do, coffee people are are very religious. And unless you're really open minded, you're religious, you're getting your Timmy's, you're getting your McDonald's. Yeah. Right. And even some people like their uh, their coffee times still. So for you to be. But the thing that I like that you've done, Brad, is that you've gone to your roasters and you've given them the directive because sometimes people get a little leery. Right. No, the owner of Deadly Grounds is telling me it's like a Timmy's. Of course, he's going to say that because Timmy's is familiar and it sells a shit ton of coffee. But you're yeah. actually telling that to your roasters, man. That's really cool. Well, we're deciding before we decide, yeah, that's going to be our next coffee, right? So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, and we would, we would give them that directive and then we would sample the coffees and be like, okay, yeah, you nailed it. Or, you know what, that one doesn't quite fit what our idea was. Can you try something else? And that's how we develop them, right? And a lot of, historically, a lot of coffee owners and roasters are usually a little bit snobby about the coffee. We have people that come in here that have said they've gone to other local roasters. And they were like, we had to leave that place because the guy was like uh, getting mad at us because we wanted cream in our coffee. And I'm like, listen, my approach to coffee is this. You enjoy it however the heck you enjoy your coffee. The point is you're enjoying coffee. My mom was a great example. 
my mom's not a coffee drinker. And the first year we had Dudley Ground, she came up here and she was staying with us. And I took her to the roaster, showed the facility and how we do it all. And she was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I wish I liked coffee. And I remember we were just toying around with the idea of the French vanilla at the time. And she's like, well, I like, I like ice caps from Tim's. I'm like, well, okay, well. So what you're saying is you like you like coffee, the caffeine, and, and you don't like you know a strong, powerful coffee. So I took home a bag of the, the French vanilla and I made her – a, a cup of coffee with lots of cream and sugar in it. And she's like, Oh my God, I love coffee, you know? And it's like, because again, yeah, you, she might not like it the way that you and I drink coffee, but if you make it the right way for her, she enjoyed it. So why not? Good, yeah. good for her, you know? But yeah, to me, the, the whole pretentious thing about coffee just drives me bonkers. You know, I, I was at a cafe one time and I was looking at, I couldn't even tell what I was trying to order. I'm like, I just wanted a coffee. And there was like a little tiny, like square menu. Like, oh, the, the list is right here today. And I'm like, oh man, uh, I, I just, they were doing all pour overs, which I love pour over. I'm like, can I just get a dark roast pour over? And I got the, you don't pour over dark roast. So I'm like, oh God, please. You do whatever you want with your coffee. Enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I agree with you 100% because, you know, I, I have this very anal way of making my coffee. It's it's just I've got it timed perfectly. It's always French press, you know, grind it every morning, like that type of thing. And, yep. and sometimes I'll say to somebody, you want a coffee? And I'll do that. And I'll be like, uh, like it's been like six minutes. Am I going to get a coffee yet? And I'll like, Listen, trust me, this is going to be yeah, good. And then they drink it and they're just like, I don't know, man, it's fine. <laughs> like, oh, no. You're, yeah. But it is it is what it is, man. You you do have to enjoy it the way that you enjoy it. And, you know, and I enjoy it depending on the, the situation I'm in. Like, I'm, the, I'm like you. For me, I do my AeroPress every morning at home. I weigh it. Like, I'm doing my 16 grams of coffee, and then I'm putting it on my scale, and then I'm weighing out 70 grams of water. I'm doing my stirring. I'm doing a, pa- a pass-through after for another 70 grams of coffee or water. And that's my coffee, you know? Yeah. People don't get that. And at the cafe, I don't do that here. Yeah. I enjoy coffee differently. And, you know, depending on where I am, right. Typically I drink it black, but if I am on the road and I have to have Tim Hortons, for example, I have to mix that stuff up. I can't drink that unless it's got cream and sugar in it. You know, it's just different types of coffee require different preparation methods and different ways to enjoy it. Do you think that that approach and that mindset opens you up to the flavored coffees? Because flavored coffees are completely different. 100%. Big thing that I find is um, a lot of times people will say they don't like um, flavored coffees. We get that a lot, right? No, I don't really like flavored coffees. That's fine. But like what you'll find with our flavored coffees is that we still use a high grade bean. And a lot of companies won't. Their, their approach and their philosophy is, well, we use a, a typical medium roast that's just kind of a generic bean. It's cheaper. And we, we flavor that up uh, because people are buying it for the flavor. Where our philosophy was, no, no, no. The flavored coffee needs to be done on a high-grade bean. We always do it on a, a, a freshly roasted medium Brazil, Brazilian bean. And then, um, yeah, we, we make sure that you can still taste the coffee, then the flavor. So we've had a lot of people that will try our flavored coffee and be like, oh, okay. Actually, I guess I do like flavored coffee a little bit. But those people still will typically stick with their non-flavors, which is fine. Um, you know, again, enjoy what you enjoy, right? But, you know, Absolutely. I think it's good. I mean, personally, I find because we have so many unique flavors um, right now. Like, I'm drinking our coconut scream right now. And I'll drink it black typically. But if I want it to be like a little bit of a dessert or a little bit sweet, I got to put some creamer and sugar in this. Like, to me, this is super great right now. It's like a, it's like a pie, you oh, know? And like, why not? 
That's actually a really good idea. And I, I never really considered it. I mean, we're, we're massive dessert people. We've got a, a sweet tooth to, to embarrass most people. And so it, that that's a really cool way of doing it. Just throw a little bit of cream in there, a little bit of sugar and yeah. you're off to the races. You've got yourself a dessert. I'll do that at night, you know, when to, you know, try not to eat something. I'll be like, okay, you know, I can just make a coffee and I'll be fine with that. The sweetness will be fine. And sometimes it is. Sometimes I still need some ice cream, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, there's always room for ice cream. Right? I wanted to go back to one of the things that you had mentioned, Brad, which I find interesting. We were talking about the labels and coming up with that and skirting that line of, you know, license versus non-license and so forth. For my two cents, the aesthetic and the feeling that you guys have with this, this location, I love the fact that you guys aren't fully licensed. I, I'm not trying to sound like one of those people that's like, ah, oh, not everything needs to be licensed, but it's the subtleties that are going to appeal to the hardcore horror fans, but it's also obvious enough for the casual fans, which we know the horror industry has become mainstream now, uh, right. which has its good and, and bad parts to it. But for you guys, it, that's amazing. But yeah, the, the licensing thing, it's easier. Like, it's just easy. You just throw Freddie's face right. on something and that's it. And I agree with that from a many different perspectives, just from a you know, patching, packaging perspective, like you said, but also for like the, the cafe in itself, you know, you come in here, you feel like it was made by us. It wasn't, you know, polished by someone who professionally puts in countertops and like, this was a labor of love by many people around me that is supposed to look not fully polished. You know, it's not supposed to look like you go into a Tim Hortons and you've got your beautiful, you know, seating. And you're like, that's not the idea. And horror fans don't want that. And, you know, and we've talked about that when we talked about like growth, right? And we talk about, uh, you know, the idea of franchising. I said, well, you know, if you got to franchising, you'd probably have to be a little bit more, the other locations anyway would have to be a little bit more streamlined. And if you're working with a franchise group, they would be like, okay, we got to bring in this company to build it. I'm like, yeah, I get that. And you probably would have to. And you'd probably also have to have all licensed art on the wall. Like, you know, because you can say, hey, if somebody comes in and sees a, a Freddie painting on the wall that's not licensed to this corporation, then, uh-oh. But I think in a mom-and-pop cafe with local artists stuff on the wall for sale, you know, you don't want to come in here and see everything you see at a Spirit Halloween, right? That's not the idea. You know, it's, it's not supposed to be full of licensed stuff and, and, and you know, not like we're knocking off stuff, but like you said, it's 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 in the vein of horror. It's in the like our, our latest coffee mug. There's not one licensed character on that mug. It's just '80s looking and colorful, like you know, I call it horror a go go. You know, it's this, it's this style of that that time that's kind of forgotten in a lot of ways, but it looks so cool, right? And it's just got little nuances of horror on it, and you know, people go crazy for that kind of stuff. So people come in, they want to find stuff that they can't find at, you know. Uh, spirit halloween i guess is a good example absolutely i think that that's one of the things that's really endearing about your location is you know i've i've even talked to some of those local artists uh that have mm -hmm. their stuff on their wall and on your floors and and i think that it's it's a brilliant approach because not only are you embracing people locally and everyone's growing together you know you're you're also giving people an idea as to like the mainstream stuff is fine. I'm also a collector, just like you guys, you know, everybody likes to be able to collect certain things, yep. but collecting unique things, collecting spins on things, takes on things, you know, like, you know, you got Lee Howard's art up on the wall and he's blending things and it's just yep. like, you know, yeah, yeah. the mashups and it, it's just like, that's cool. That's what you want. That's what you want when you walk into a location like that. Let's, yeah. let's focus on that for a second. 
when it comes to artists and it comes to the things that you do decide to put up in your location, has that process worked? If people just walk in and say, Hey, I've got something and you take a look at it or how does that, how does that conversation yeah. go? I mean, in the beginning, you know, we had already had relationships built from doing a lot of conventions with some artists, right? So for us, right out the gate, we had Lee Howard in our back pocket and we had Steve McGinnis right there. So we had Another two great artists, yeah. amazing artists, you know, that have done a lot of work. I mean, Steve has done uh, cover mags, covers, covers for Fango in the past. I mean, you know, yeah. Lee, of course, has Quiet Room Bears and has like got a, over a million followers on TikTok now. So, you know, there's these guys that have just had amazing art that have an amazing following that it made sense for us to just partner with these guys and, and helps our brand and we can, you know, help them. Right. And that was the idea is okay. So half of our stuff in here is by those two guys. The rest are artists that come in off the street that love our brand or love our coffee. And they're like, Oh, I, you know, I'd love to have my stuff on the walls. Like, well, let me take a look, you know, send me your links or, and we're like, Hey, yeah, bring it in. Make sure it's priced. And you know, here, here's our uh, kind of our consignment fee. And um, you know, if we sell a piece, you know, here's how it works. You know, and, and I love that they're bringing the prints and all of our prints are 20 bucks. So, you know, our print book is full of like five or six different artists, you know, and it's just a way of, um, you know, being, it's kind of like having an Etsy store, you know, here. So not only do we have like, you know, uh, artists that do uh, prints and, and paintings, but we have, you know, uh, completely cemental Alex Cops who has his uh, cement pieces in here. And people go crazy for those. They're a hundred pounds each. They're crazy. People buy them for their gardens or their steps, you know. Um, then we have people that bring in jewelry or purses or you name it. Like, you know, there's, uh, you know, we have these cool coffin boxes that people go crazy over. So, you know, now we get custom cookies in from time to time. So it's it's all about kind of like using your local community, giving them their own taste of brick and mortar as well, right? Because otherwise, what are they doing? They're sitting on their product. They're trying to sell it on Etsy. They might, you know, if, if they're into the convention scene, they might like, do four or five conventions a year to make some money. But why, you know, if you're not that big, why go to, to, to having to go to conventions and spend all this money and stay in hotels? And you can put it on, on here, uh, especially in the fall when we're as crazy as we are. Like we're, we're busier here on a weekend than most conventions are, you know, in the fall, like September, October, November. So, hey, your stuff's going to get in, in front of a lot of people's eyes. So, yeah, if you want to bring it in, bring it in. But it's got to fit, too. Like, I mean, we have people that bring stuff in. Like, uh, like sorry, like we have too many of this or, you know, like it just doesn't fit in the in the right uh, vein for what we're trying to, to get out there, right? But it's also important that we have stuff that kind of – appeals to the hardcore fan like you said but also appeals to the casual fan as well you know like i think those are two very different uh sects of the uh horror horror fan base you know and it's great to hit on both of those yeah absolutely and and speaking of which uh, like i alluded to earlier when i first walked into your location it was an alley and in the back, there was some games. There was a, a cubby in the back. You could sit there if you could, if you were able to get a seat. If not, there was a couple of seats around. Now you walk in, you've blown out the sidewall. You've added a little bit more seating in. You're still working on the back right now, but you've mm -hmm. also added this oddities section, which is like, it's like a feature when you're driving into a small town and you're going to like a little museum and it's, mm -hmm. it's just stocked full of stuff. And that's where yeah. we spent the majority of our time. 
And right. that's obviously where the super Zuka comes in. Uh, a, a lot of the stuff in there is from them. So you touched upon them. I actually bought one of their shirts. I didn't wear it today because I'm going to be wearing it on the weekend, but I had to get the uh, Rocky Balboa picture show. It oh, was, right. just, um, it's just, it's so disturbing. Yeah. Um, and they're doing these mashups as well. It was between that and the Chucky Norris. I, I had to go with the Rocky, um, but like, Tell me about this relationship and, and and talk to me about where you're looking, like where it came from and, and where it is now, where you're looking to go with this, because that back oddity section, Brad, is amazing. I absolutely love it. I mean, that basically came out of, uh, you know, a friendship that I have with Chris. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier how Chris and I, you know, he did the magazine. I helped him with that uh, back in the day. So that friendship has been, um, you know, there for about 10 years now. Uh, we're both big horror fans. We, uh, you know, do a lot of stuff in the horror uh, realm together. You know, he builds a lot of haunted houses, does charity events and stuff like that with, uh, you know, his haunted house, which he usually does each year. Um, so, you know, there was a, there's always been that kind of like uh, cross section between our two, what I'm doing over here and he's doing over here. So we you know, basically said, you know, hey, what do you think about me taking over a part of your, your area? And at the time, you know, unfortunately, the place next door to us, uh, our friends at Panic Factory didn't survive covid and uh when we took over the space like you mentioned we were kind of like a big rectangle that you'd come into right well the idea was this unit actually was kind of what you see now you know when you come in it was like an l shape only it was uh about three thousand square feet like you come in and then you know you see where the, the the shop is behind me here that goes back for about another 1500 square feet which is now where we package so where i'm sitting right now used to be our packaging so now the landlord basically said, you know, do you want to take back the unit the way it was designed? Like basically taking over that full back again. And then we can rent out the front of Panic Factory. Because when we took over that back, we basically subletted that from Panic Factory at the time. So we were now going to go and take our, our full unit back, kind of. And then they could rent that part out. So that's what we did. And when we were facing that idea, and of course, having the extra money that that was going to cost, that's kind of where Chris came in. He's like, well, what if I took over a spot for my ideas and created this kind of shop and shop where, you know, you come here for the coffee and you stay for the oddities and, and, and the stuff that I get in. And like you said, like a lot of the stuff back there, he gets stuff in from trick or treat studios and, and uh, creepy company and places like that. But half the stuff like the mashup shirts and the cups and the mugs and stuff are his designs and he's, his creations from his brain. Right. So, you know, it's kind of a way for some people come in because he has like Boglins right now, for example, and they'll come in because, oh, I haven't seen a Boglin in 25 years. And they come in to buy a cool Boglin, but then they'll come in. That's kind of like a, a way to get them in. But then they come in and see the Chucky Norris shirt or, or whatever. Right. And then, and then they kind of, you know, get into his original stuff, which is great. Um, so yeah, basically that was the idea. He's like, you know, what do you think about that? I'm like, I think it's a great idea that originally started off as the store, which is, in there but then a couple months ago i was like can i have a little bit more room i'm like yeah so we worked out another deal so now of course it's kind of coming out a little bit more um so now the idea is like this this whole room that i'm in we now have a 120 inch screen here as well so we're going to get back into doing our uh, super eight nights and our, our movie nights uh things like that so you know yeah we can transform this area outside of the oddities room or the outside of the auditorium into a theater as well for about 25 seats you know um so, yeah, you know, it was kind of a relationship that just made sense. 
and going forward, um, you know, we both have started getting a little bit more uh, smaller, uh, I don't want to use the word kitschy, uh, licensed stuff. So, like, we carry, like, you know, Chucky Candies, which are obviously licensed. So, like, they're, like, $5 a, a container. Chris has gotten a lot of buttons and stuff like that. So, we have, like, the smaller items that appeal to kind of, like, your mainstream fans, right? So we kind of have a nice cross-section of, of the unique handmade, locally made ideas, and then some of the smaller and some masks too. He has some, some cool masks back there, um, but some of the, the other items that are, that are licensed. And the plan going forward um, really is that I think, I think we are at the point where we want to look at more locations. You know, I've, I've often thought about uh, you know, having a Toronto uh, location that would be kind of, uh, you know, a, we get a lot of people that come here on the weekend from the city and they, they, oh, I wish you had something in Toronto. I mean, the reality is when Toronto is Canada's biggest city, um, you know, it probably do really well in Toronto, but I mean, that's a whole other, uh, I don't even want to, I don't even know, like a different approach, right? I mean, you're talking Toronto now and it's like, here we have our little thing going and it's cool and it's fun and it's easy to manage for the most part. Um, I don't know if Toronto would be that easy. Yeah, Toronto so, is such a different beast, right? Because I mean, right. not not just the rent prices alone, oh. but the, the the amount of competition that you have out there, yeah. not just coffee wise, but I just mean in in every direction, people's attention is yep. being pulled, right? Yeah, so. you're, you're exactly right. And you know, and so I've, I've often thought about like something like say like a Durham West location, right? Like we had something in Ajax Pickering, where people from Toronto don't see it as such a, a track to go to to Oshawa Curtis, uh, even though it's forty minutes, you know. But I mean, Toronto. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, we've talked about that a lot about, you know, kind of carving our own thing in our area versus going into Toronto and being like, okay, well, we're here now. And like you said, you know, there's so many things, there's, you know, people's attentions and the diversity there is just so grand that it's like, how do you really carve out uh, something that's cool? That's not only just cool, but actually something you can manage on a long-term basis. And you see that a lot with businesses in Toronto. They might come out with something really super cool. But I mean, the reality is the longevity of it and the, the, and the um, quite frankly, the, the uh, lasting appeal of things with how flash things move in a city like Toronto, um, you know, they get lost or they get burned out. And it's like, is that really worth it going in? Especially like you said, with the rents and everything else you have to think about. I don't know. I, mean, I have friends that have businesses that are really successful there. And I have friends that have had amazing ideas that the execution wise just doesn't work in the end you know um so yeah it gets a bit scary we, we've, we've thought about a place in port hope because obviously port hope would be you know it's dairy main you know that's where they filmed absolutely uh, it, it and it yeah i mean you can still go there and get your pictures taken with some of the murals and and, and stuff that's there so people go there because it's dairy main so it'd be kind of cool to have like a, a deadly grounds experience in dairy main or uh you know we know people that made the film that worked on the film on sets so that we could probably get you know like almost like an it museum inside there as well uh to a certain degree so that would be kind of a, a neat concept but again just an idea at this point right potentially have a store in ottawa um that might do brick and mortar that i've been doing a market for a few years with our product so we're looking at that um but a lot of the stuff that we plan on out here that's kind of uh, you know our own ideas if we were to do okay we're going to open this here would be uh probably a partnership that would still maintain with what chris is doing back there and and what we're doing in the front right if i were to do something in in port hope it would kind of be like a, a lot like what you see in 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 it like I'd, I'd, I'd want like little little nods to it you know there i'd want like you know uh like a little library stack behind you in one section and i'd want like a couple of arcade games over here and like with the proper carpet from when they're in the arcade scene and stuff like that i think that'd be kind of cool to do 
That would be wild. I, I don't know, like the right off the top of my head, what other movies might have been filmed there, but I'm sure that there was other movies there too. Mm. And if you get into locations in and around those areas, you could really incorporate them into the to the coffee shop and that idea, right? For sure. I mean, we have Chucky being filmed here. We're not right now. They're done again. But I mean, Chucky was being filmed in Oshawa for the, for the last two years. And some of those, the shirt that you mentioned, uh, you know, that was that was given uh, to the director, you know, and the creator of, of, of Chucky, which is just crazy. All right. Devin Sawa, who stars in Chucky, you know, he posted it on his Twitter a couple of weeks ago, our bag of Griselda's Cauldron Coffee. And then he had a Chucky bath bomb from, from the auditorium that he posted. You know, it's like these are people that are doing filming around here that are getting a little taste of Deadly Grounds Cafe. Wow, that that is that's outstanding. And I'm not going to give I I cashed out after shopping for a little while and I got to the uh, I got to the cash and they're they're like uh oh so did you did you see the secret back there? Uh, and I'm like I, I caught something but I didn't know what it was. I'm not going to reveal the secret. I mm -hmm. think all I will say is that you go into the oddities section, the bath bomb wall may move there on the left hand side there is a handle mm -hmm. there that's not for stock which is what i thought i thought that's where you kept some of your stock right. that wall opens and apparently there's a new surprise in there every every few months or so or every couple of months is that yeah, is that so is, yeah so check that 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 out's super fun i i filmed a little video when i was there because i have a, a friend whose uh his son is a as a massive uh friday 13th fan so i had to i had to do that so <laughs> Really cool what you guys are doing with that. The the nights that you're talking about. This was something that when I was going there, you were you guys were doing. You were doing movie nights. You were doing trivia's. Uh, now that we are entering into hopefully a new phase of of living, which is uh, you know similar to the old phase of living, where we could get together and we can do things together. Horror is in an amazing community. Uh, you get this when you go to horror conventions, you get this when you, you know, talk to a horror fan. I've made some great friends with people who are horror fans first, and then you find out that they're just amazing people. How is this going to work moving forward? You had mentioned a couple of things that you wanted to do. What are some of the focuses that you're going to be doing for the public to be able to consume? You had also mentioned in our prior conversation, you were playing around with some sign signage um in the ratings category so people know yeah. whether it's okay to bring your kids in at this time or not so expand right. on the, some of these ideas if you wouldn't mind without giving away too much of the things that you don't want to give away yeah yeah no i mean you know to be quite honest um you know we just started hiring more staff to be able to fulfill that idea of being open uh for longer hours so the um the idea basically is that you know we want to be able to have our fridays and saturdays minimum maybe thursdays as well just as an option to be, you know, you're, you're doing a date night on a Friday night or you're coming out to hang out with your friends uh, that were an option for that night, you know. And so that would be like our, our base open every Friday, Saturday, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But from there, you know, we also want to get back to some of the ideas that we used to do that people just loved. Um, you know, when we did Zombie Bingo, unfortunately, I wasn't here. I was actually at a convention. I can't remember which one. Um, we were away and we were kind of watching on the camera. People just went crazy. Like, it was a fun, fun night. You know, we had a zombie bingo caller. We not only had them doing the bingo, but then we had, like, uh, zombies breaking out from the back room at one point. And, like, our server behind, uh, Ariel was behind the bar and, like, got a shotgun and had, like, a step thing. So when she was shooting, like, you know, it sounded like she was shooting a shotgun. So, yeah, it was, it was you know, an interactive experience, right? Um, and then when we did our zombie or our, our trivia nights, those were always the same thing. It was not like your typical trivia night that you get at, you know, Joe Blow's 
bar or a, pro, a pub. It's not just a, a thing to do. It's thought out. It's a, it's an attraction, you know, when you come and you think, and it's not something you do every week because it's something that's cool that you're like, oh my God, can we until they do the next one, which might be a month, two months from now and a different theme. I remember when we were doing them before, <clears throat> we would theme out each um, trivia night and I mean, they'd be sometimes be two or three months apart. But I remember we did like a summer one that which was all, I can't remember what we called it, but it was something like, I still don't know what you did under the uh, something, but it was all about uh, water-based horror movies. So, you know, everything you can think of that had to do with uh, summer camp. And, and uh, so, of course, a lot of Jason stuff. I know what you did last summer's, uh, but then there was Jaws. So it was like a, it was themed summer and it was super cool. And the time before that, I think we just did a, you know, a, a monster trivia night and it was all like classic monsters and classic movies of the eighties and, and uh, super cool. And we sometimes do partnerships with that as well. Like we partnered with uh, uh, Nightmare on, on Film Street on the first time we did our trivia night and they came and hosted it. Of course, they have an amazing podcast that's, um, you know, got a huge following now. Um, uh, John and Kim are amazing people. <clears throat> and then the second time we had our friends at Rotten Rags host it and Adam and Mike came out and they were hosts. And, you know, we collect prizes from all of our different vendors that we have here. They, they, they all want to jump on board to get their name out and like give out some of their stuff as well, right, for prizing. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we had, we used to do eight millimeter nights and that was really unique. We partnered with a local group. Uh, this guy has a ton of eight millimeter film, which of course are abbreviated people that are not familiar with it. I wasn't familiar with what an actual eight millimeter film was, but it's an abbreviated version of a movie, you know? So it's, it's like we did alien. It was, it was a 14 minute version of the movie alien. Wow. <laughs> and it was like all the amazing bits of alien in 14 minutes. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever, you know? And it was just like, there's so much missing. There's so much context missing out of it, but that was so fucking cool. You know, <laughs> we did that. We had those in two or three times. And at the time, of course, we were just the rectangle. So it was crammed in here and we had it at the back. We had the projector on the side of the bar and we were all the people that work were kind of like jammed in the back. And, uh, you know, it just was still a lot of fun. But now we have this extra room. It'd be kind of cool to do those again, even if we did the same ones we did before. Because we have, that was the thing. Like when we were growing the physical location part of Deadly Grounds, our online has always been there. Like we, our online sales have always been strong. But getting people locally in Durham or Curtis or Oshawa to know that we're here to come out to hang out has not been the same, right? I mean, we, we have a, a pretty big following now. But in the beginning, there'd be nights where I would be the one working here and I would sit here at night and we'd get two people coming through because they didn't know we're here. Right. You know, we're trying to get the word out, but now that people know we're here, I think doing these events are going to be even crazier. Even just being open on a Friday night will be a busier than, you know, it ever was in the beginning. We tried, you know? So, I mean, it's exciting. Uh, and of course from that comes a ton of other ideas that we just, you know, haven't even, um, thought about yet you know because we just we literally we sit around like kind of like you and i are now and like me and chris or me and ariel and the three of us or whatever group we're with we'd be like wouldn't it be kind of cool if we did could we do that and like i mean like the time we put the predator room in the back when we had we had the the predator the um the kill room in the back you know and that, that was so cool we had the we turned the back into a campsite one time friday the 13th like we just come up with these ideas for certain events that just make sense and they work and people love it um you know, one of the things that we want to do now that we have the viewing room uh, is also do some stuff with some of our friends like Black Fawn Distribution or Black Fawn Films. They come out with a new movie, you know, like, hey, why don't we do a launch party here for that? Or why don't we do, uh, you know, a screening here, you know? So there's a lot of cool ideas that I think can be realized with uh, expanding our hours on the weekends. 
I think that's amazing because then you're taking things that people are starting to become familiar with at conventions, horror conventions, right? Like screenings, um, even like the the sets, right? Which you were talking about at the back, setting up those sets. People love that stuff. And yep. those sets I'm finding at the at the conventions are becoming a little more spirit related, you know, not yep. not, you know, they're they're cardboardy, they're not necessarily like you know, solid structures. And from what I'm getting from what you guys are doing there is you have the the brick and mortar ability to be able to put something really cool in there and with a collaborative yeah. effort. Well, and, that, and that's the funny thing when you're dealing with people like Chris and Ariel, for example, that do a lot of the, the actual building around here. Uh, Chris in particular, he won't do it unless it's going to be amazing. Right. So it's like, I think sometimes I'm, I'm a little bit more like, oh, you know, but you know what, it's not always important to like have it like a hundred percent. Right. Like I, I'm more of a, it looks cool. People don't expect the way, but Chris is like, no, no, no. It's I'm like, all right, you, you build. I'm not a builder. I, I am not, that's not my forte whatsoever. I'll market the shit out of it. I'll get the people in the door. I'll do the business side of it. You build it for me. You get, you get, the, you can make it look cool. I'll get the people here, kind of a thing. Right. Well, yeah, you understand margins. You're a business person, right? So you understand margins. Mm, you know yeah. exactly like this amount of effort is going to give us this and then that much more effort is not really going to return much. And I'm not saying that you're money right. motivated, but you understand the business component of it. But I think it's really helpful to have those people who are you know, creative and motivated to to make it that much better because then it makes what you're doing that much better as well. You kind of all win. Oh, 100%. I mean, the, the, the group of people that we have that, that, you know, collectively work together around here are all people that have different abilities and different things that they bring to the table. Um, and, and I think, at the, and, and a lot of crossover as well. Like, I mean, Chris is a great business guy as well. He understands that side of it. But I mean, sometimes uh, we, we are both guilty for going too hard into something and needing to be reeled back in. You know, so we, we kind of help each other that way too. But yeah, it's, it's this group of people that, you know, it's nothing for me to come in like today, for example, and, um, you know, we've, we've had a, needed a TV mounted over here. And we need our screen put in. I come in and our, our Nick, who's, who works around here, has it done. You know, I'm like, oh, cool. The TV's now mounted. This is here now. So, like, every day, bit by bit, like earlier today with our, our new room that's going in the back here, uh, I, uh, you know, the girls were had a little bit of downtime and they were painting um, – you know, the shelves there. So it's like, great, that's now done. So we're checking off little pieces. Sometimes it feels like it takes forever to get something done around here. And we're all like, we're just busy. You know, like we just had a big sale last week. So we're just like bagging coffee like crazy right now. We're just packaging, packaging, packaging. We're coming in after hours to package. So it's like some of the other projects that we'd love to see and, and launch and have them ready to go. Just, they have to take a sidestep. Kind of like it's the business side. If I don't ship the coffee to people, then we got mad people. If we don't have the room ready, well, you didn't know that room was going to be there. So why are you mad about that? It's not, it's not ready yet. It'll be there soon. You know, yeah. but yeah, but people are have paid and are waiting for the month, their coffee. They need that first, you know? So, so sometimes we, we actually sometimes consciously will say, okay, well, we're not actually going to do promo any promoting this week of bagged coffee. So we'll kind of like tamper down our online sales for the week so that we can focus on some of the projects that need to get done around the cafe. And then we'll run a sale, which then kind of like bumps things up like 80%. It's like, okay, now, now we have two weeks where we can't do anything except for packaging. And of course, now we're getting ready for Fan Expo. So it's like, I've got three stores waiting for uh, huge coffee orders right now. Then plus we need about a thousand bags of coffee for Fan Expo, which we need to get that done. Plus I think 52 outstanding online orders. So it's like, there's just so much. And we thought coffee was going to come in today and it didn't come in. So it's like, we'll come up uh, tomorrow. We're like, okay, we're all coming in tomorrow night, right? Yeah. Done deal. Yeah, because you got to pay the bills, right? You got to you got to get the yep. money maker in the door 
Um, I, I mean, merch, merch is, is important, of course, and, and the location is important, but it, there's, there's a certain charm when, when I, when we walked in there and the back was kind of under construction, because it just means that you guys and your creative minds, you guys and girls, your creative minds are working on something. And for me, yeah. I didn't look back there and go, Oh, it's under construction. You walk into a fine dining restaurant. If they have a section closed off because there's things moved around, it looks like it's under construction at a horror themed coffee shop. It yeah. looks like, oh man, what do they got next? What's behind right. that? Or some people are can I still go back to them? Like, well, no, you can't go back to them. But they think it's just what does it look like that? It's not. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a haunted house. Right? Is there is there any any hints as to what's going on back there? Is that uh because that that was something that really piqued my interest when I was there. It's gonna be kind of like a throwback to like a retro video store. That's the idea. So it's gonna look it's gonna be a photo op area. We can go and get your photo taken. Uh, a kind of like a, a, a horror-themed blockbuster sort of idea. Yeah, with VHS. Uh, like we have a we have a four-player pong table back there in the corner. Um, yeah, so it's going to be kind of that idea. And we also have uh, a coffee line or uh, several coffees that are going to launch along with that as well. It's going to be coffee inspired by your Friday night trip to the video store. Is kind of the idea behind it. That's a brilliant idea because one of the mugs that I almost bought was the coffee mug with the VHS tape. Yeah. yeah. And and I looked at I said to Kat, she's like, that would be cool. And like, yeah, because then you get kids being like, what is that? Right. right. And and of course for you and I and, and people in our range where that's our Friday night. Yeah. I actually have I have I think 320 VHS ready to go back there that oh I that God. I traded for some coffee. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Yeah, and we're gonna have kind of some tie-ins too. Like if you bring in a VHS, donate to the the room, uh, you know, you get a, a free latte or or something like that. Oh, know? what a cool idea! I'm looking forward to that. I'm not gonna ask what time frame because I know that you guys are, are getting busy. For uh, <laughs> I don't want to put that stress on your shoulders. <laughs> I said I wanted them by July, and of course we're into <laughs> August 9th, You know, so well, I, how, I, how how far away? Like how what? approximation of percentage do you think that you're into that right now like are you 20 percent into it are you 10 percent into it how, how far into it are you in all honesty we're probably about 50 to 65 percent okay right? okay really all it really needs to be say a functional room is those shelves need to be finished stocked and then um we have a really cool like countertop display like an old school glass counter like you'd see at a video rental store uh ready to ready to go we just need to it's, it's already lit and everything which needs to be put in the proper place and we have that brand's sign being created at this point a really cool 3d neon sign that's being made for it um so once that sign is in place which is being created i saw a little preview of it last night uh once that sign's in the place centered back there and we have some of our marquee posters up for classic movies we're pretty much going to be ready to open it up it might not be finalized and finished but you'll be able to go back there. And we already have some uh, retro candies that are going to be out there. So we have like, uh, you know, the old, like the cassettes, like, like the old school cassettes. I have a, a couple of VHS board games coming in that are going to go in there. And we have, uh, like I said, the pong table to play. Like, you know, with your buddies, you can play uh, four player pong and, and just kind of hang out in there a little bit. We have a, an old school uh, boom box, which is actually a, a Bluetooth boom box that's going to be sitting in the corner playing 80s themed music all the time. Oh so yeah it's kind of a kind of a cool little idea that uh, i've wanted to do for a while 
And I, I've always had this idea of, of doing something with VHS or DVD or, you know, classic physical media. And, and I think that we haven't fully discussed it yet, but I think we might, you know, have the ability to buy those VHS or trade the VHS. Um, and then we might actually get some contracts with uh, some of the modern uh, sellers of, of, of media like Shout Factory, uh, like Scream Factory. Vinegar Syndrome and places like that where we could have like releases of like the latest Halloween Blu-ray or, or DVDs in there as well. But yeah, it's more of an idea to go, kind of get a cool picture taken back there behind the counter with a standee or, um, you know, just, yeah. Like, what is this place? It's, it's, what, it's what a VHS store used to look like. You oh know? my God. I want a VHS store. So for me, it's kind of a, uh, a, a kind of two birds, one stone, right? It's a cool idea that I wanted to do, but it also harkens back to my dad working my dad and mom working at my uncle's VHS store, uh, you know, throughout the week. And I used to get to hang out there and, you know, watch people open up their VHS, like their, their, the players take home and watch, you know, rent the player and the, the movies. And so it's kind of like that for me too, you know, it's kind of neat. Wow. What a, what a cool little nugget to throw in there for people to not the, to, because like you're coming at this in a really cool way. This is all passions of yours is, is what I'm feeling. Like you're not, this isn't just a business for you, right? Like, and, and you've actually passed that passion on to the people that work there. The, when I, when I was talking to the two girls that were working there on the, uh, on the weekend, they were super jacked, man. I, I've never been in a Tim Hortons, you know, Starbucks has pretty good customer service. I, I'll, I'll give them that. Sure, I've never yeah. been in a location where they were like genuinely excited. Like it was their place. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, that's really important for us. Like, you know, when we, we interviewed last week for, we just hired three new people and, you know, the interview is not a typical interview. We're not sitting here like, you know, Oh, I'm not sure your last place. How, how was your, your punctuality? And let's come on. Like, you know, you're going to, you're going to feed me the shit. Like you're going to tell me what I want to hear with that stuff. We've all been through interviews before. Right. What's your favorite horror movie? Are you into horror? Do you like coffee? The, like, that's our questions. Like, you know, you're going to show up on time. Cause if you don't, you're just going to be fired right away. Like that's just the bottom line. Okay. So like, we're not, we get that part out of the way, get the, the, dry bullshit that you get on every job out of the way now let's talk for real how are you going to be when joe blow comes in and says you know my favorite horror movie is leatherface what are you going to say to that guy right he's like oh can you can you carry a conversation with that person right and that's kind of the cool thing about the people that work here and and, and of course myself and that's one of the things that drives me when people come through the door is being is listening to those conversations and like you know you get the people that come in and will argue or debate um their favorite genre or subgenre or well i didn't like this i didn't i liked that i'm like and i, and I love that I, I thrive on that you know um for, for me it's 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 i'm at this uh god well, what's the right word precipice in my career with this stuff i guess could be a good word to use um where i'm all about being in this environment growing my businesses and trying to um still be a part of everything while having the right people in place to carry on the physical being the baristas being the 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 the, the front men uh, or women at the store to you know exude what i kind of instill in them as far as as what i'm passionate about right so as long as i know that they're there that they're going to be here to work it and then i'm i can sit at the table and jump in and help out if i need to um that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to get it so that everyone that we bring in you know, they're just as passionate as what we are. Right. And that, that, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the idea. And I think we've been pretty lucky in that respect so far, like everyone that we've had, uh, even the people that are no longer with us, you know, all were a big part of this family and all were people that, uh, you know, really uh, put out there that they liked being here. You know, a lot of people, the latest person we hired, she's like, you know, 
and some people apply it and they have these these amazing resumes i'm like why do you want to work here and they're like because i just it would mean more for me to work here and in this environment it's almost like working at empire records you know it's like people want that 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 family that that sense of camaraderie with kind of people that are like-minded and that's what we bring to the table and that's why people love working here you know and we have people that have different backgrounds different nationalities different uh you know and, and it works it just it just works everybody works well together and like we, we always usually say to people too like you're not easily offended right because like we're not we're not always super um pc pc around here you know hey we're a horror themed cafe come on you know, the yeah. conversation get a little bit risque sometimes you cool with that oh yeah 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 okay cool you know so and you know we have a lot of fun around here we really do it's amazing i think that also translates over to your clientele because i see the people that walk in there and uh, the time that i spent there you know studying quote unquote uh looking around at all these people that were coming in it's people from all walks of life all age groups you know all backgrounds uh some people with kids and some some kids themselves and you could just yep. see the enthusiasm from everybody it's amazing uh i mean we had a lady in today and it just made me laugh um she came in, she's, oh my God, I must look like a fish out of water in here. And she, the whole time, she was just kind of like overwhelmed. Um, you know, she'd probably heard about us from a friend or something. She just wanted coffee. She got a couple of sweets and a coffee. She's not into horror whatsoever. But like, yeah, she was like, oh my God, oh, I, I just need my coffee. And she wanted to get out of here. But like, we get that, right? We we understand that that's maybe our, our music playing is not your cup of tea or the uh, decor might not be what you expect out of a cafe. You know, we're not a typical European cafe, right? So, but then on the flip side of it, we have people that are, you know, older, that are seniors that come here every week for two, three bags of coffee because this is their favorite coffee. They don't care about the horror. They could give a shit about the horror side of it. They're just here for the coffee, which again helps me uh, understand that, okay, the brand didn't matter. And they don't care if the label's on it or not. They just need those beans because we, the product backed up that original idea that you had to have both of those things hand in hand, you know? So it worked, right? And, and it's funny to see that. It's funny to see the families that come in because, you know, we've had, I remember we had reviews that have been like one star or two star reviews that have been like, oh, my kids were scared. Or I'm like, okay, well, you came to Deadly Grounds Horror Cafe, first of all. But then people will comment on those reviews and be like, are you serious? My kids love it. They don't like it. You know, they, it's like, again, it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but you don't give a one-star review because it scared your kids when you came into a horror cafe. You kind of, you know, like you kind of have to know, like, again, I don't mind getting a one-star review if you can explain yourself properly and be like, okay, oh shit, we need to work on that story about that. Right. Yeah. But Hey, we're not changing being a horror cafe because your kid got scared or you didn't like the decor or that's what it is. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, listen, I think that I've taken up a, a big chunk of your time. I know that you're super busy. Um, I want to leave it there. We were going to talk about a few other things, but this conversation focusing in on the cafe, the idea of the cafe, what you're looking to do with it, where it came from. I think that's what I want people to walk away from and 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 really kind of go in there. You've heard the words now from from the man himself uh, speaking on behalf of, of the team that he's had before and team that he has now. But you have to go into this place and you have to really feel it and experience it firsthand. The last question I will ask is when are you getting those shirts back in stock? Because you didn't have my size. I know. I know. So they are actually being printed right now. I've got okay. uh, them coming in before Fan Expo. So within the next two weeks, uh, they're going to be on a black shirt. We've had a lot of people asking, like, these are the Heather Gray, but people want it in black. So we actually have a cool uh, same design, but in black coming in the next week or so. 
Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I'll get up there in the next week or so, which would be yep. totally fine. And I'll get me one of those shirts because I, I walked out of there with a mug and, and I wanted that shirt, but a double XL <laughs> is just not going to work. Uh, so, yep. well, Brad, listen, thank you very much. I'm going to include all the information so people can find you. Uh, there are still people out there that don't know about you, which yeah. blows my mind and I'm sure it blows your mind. <laughs> But hey, you know, I, I don't mind hearing that. And, you know, we get it all the time. We have people come in here every single day. We have a new customer that comes to that door that has never heard of us or somebody told them or they saw our latest ad running on Facebook or Instagram. They're like, holy shit, this place exists in Curtis. You know, I love hearing that. That is the best thing ever to hear. So, hey, that just tells me that there's still more people out there that need that we need to reach. And, and you know, play people like you that come and do these amazing podcasts on us and talk about us in, in a favorable light you know, it all helps. And we appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you. And I love the fact that we have this right here close to home. I don't want to go into Toronto for it. So That's thank right. you for bringing this here, man. It's th This has been an absolute blast and something that I've wanted to do for quite some time.